Thriving, Not Surviving, with your host, Gina Gardner. To lead others, you first need to be the best version of yourself and lead from a place of wholeness. Motivation, empowerment, leadership, personal and spiritual development are just a few of the topics you will hear on Thriving, Not Surviving. So sit back and enjoy the show with your host, Gina Gardner. Hi there, it's Gina Gardner here and welcome to BBS Radio. And today I've got a very, very special guest. My guest is Victoria Woods. She has an amazing story and is somebody who I'm sure you're going to really enjoy. I'm going to read her bio. As you know, I like to make sure that I get the richness of it. And by reading it, I know I will. Victoria Woods is an internationally celebrated investment advisor to millionaires and aspiring millionaires, a leadership expert specializing in the fields of leadership, organizational change, productivity, communication and business profit growth. As a speaker and presenter, Victoria Woods pulls from her unique upbringing, diverse experience to provide keynote presentations that are engaging and compelling. And she leaves the audience wanting more, and I'm hopeful that she's going to leave you wanting more today. Professionally supporting and encouraging women is a passion of Victoria's and has inspired her to mentor women from a variety of backgrounds through her mentorship program and by creating her sales e-challenge called the 30-day How to Outsell All the Boys Sales Challenge. So welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Gina. I am very thrilled to be here today. Oh, it's brilliant to see you. So as a financial CEO and chief investment advisor, I'd like to know what led you to create a sales challenge, but specifically for women. That is a great question. Um, I have been one of those people that I've never had just women as a niche market. I, I love working with my male uh, counterparts. I love working with smart CEOs, bankers, uh, lawyers across the country. Um, however, this past year during the COVID, there was a young lady who I was speaking with who had taken on another job in her company. She's with T-Mobile. And in December, I encouraged her to take on this new challenge. She's got her kids were old enough. You know, she's taking care of her kids, her family. I said, just go for it. You've got a great personality. You love this company. Take on this challenge. So she does. And in May, I was talking to her and, and I asked her about how things were going. And it was a challenge for her. She said, you know, I just this rejection thing. And I'm real good about talking to older men like a grandpa, but people my age, I have difficulty with. So she's telling me her challenges. And she also tells me, though, Gina, that she has been taking all of these sales training courses. She's read books. She does podcasts. And after we got through talking, um, she texted me back and said, you know, I've done all of those things and it's all driven by men. I would love to hear a female chime in. I thought, oh, honey, I'll find you somebody good. So, of course, I start Googling. Like, I can Google better than a 30, you know, mid-30-year-old. <laughs> I couldn't find anything. I truly couldn't find anything that I could recommend to her or to any aspiring young women who are in sales. And it shocked me. So I took two weeks at the 1st of June, and I wrote a book. Good call. How to Outsell All the Boys in 30 Days to Get These Women's Attention. Um, women have so much to offer. And they're so passionate. And this isn't a book about closing, you know, the alternative clothes, you know, all those things that you read about in books. This is about knowing your mindset, being passionate about your product, your service, how to identify your ideal client, how to know your ideal client, how to have champions in your corner, how to ha how to celebrate. It's all things that really relate to women that I have learned over the past 30 years. So it's really due to this young woman um, wanting to have a female chime in. And it, it came from that. And it has been overwhelmingly yeah. humbling, 
it's been the the comments that we get are just tremendous don't you think it's interesting that women in business that there are two issues i think there are probably more but two main ones one is they either believe that they've got to behave like less hairy men yes I talk about that as well no be yourself they don't use their feminine energy and i'm not talking about plotting your eyelashes now but i'm talking about creativity nurturing yes holistic view and then the other problem is that they they there is a glass ceiling in many organizations but often the glass ceiling is the container that the women have put themselves in yes they believe there's a glass ceiling and And they they don't they don't believe they're worth it. They believe that they have to be perfect. Whereas, and there's many studies, Gina, I'm sure you know this. There's so many studies out there about men and women and women think if they look at a job description, they have to tick every single box. Men believe, and there's many studies. Yes. If I got 70% of the boxes over here, Oh, I'm good to go. I can learn the rest. And I even teach women about um, when I went to write this book, in June of this year, I asked three women and three men, and it wasn't, it just happened that way. But you know what? I have committed to doing this. Um, I'm going away. I'm going to be all alone. If I need some support because I'm petrified that I made this commitment, I said, yeah, I've I've made this commitment. It's a huge commitment because it's not easy writing a sales book. I wrote a book about, you know, finding a financial advisor, about money mindset, all that that was easy compared to this. And I thought this would be easy because, but it's not because training someone one-on-one as a coach, that's easy. Putting it in a book in writing it down, it's a big challenge. So I asked these people, I said, if I need some support, can I count on you? Um, and can I reach out to you is what I think I said. And the women, and this is all, I put this in the e-challenge. I said, ladies, we got to learn something from the men. All, every single man said, yes, absolutely. Um, uh, Text me first because I may be on air. Um, I'm here for you. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. The women, guess what? Every single woman wanted, Gina. Details. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Victoria, you're so successful. This is unnecessary. Let's get on the phone and chat. It's like a novel. It would have taken me three hours minimum. Yeah. The men didn't even ask. They know me. So they just said, yes, I'll be there for you. It's something women really have to learn. It's time is money. And just say yes and figure it out later. It's a really interesting one, isn't it? That how often their fear of not getting it right. I've got to know everything before I start. And yet when you look at highly successful people, the thing that defines them is A, that they believe they will succeed. Right. And they don't need to know all of the insides out. They know that they'll figure it out or find somebody to help them. There you go. And surround themselves and have the resources. And that's what's made me so successful as an advisor is that I have relationships all over the country and in some outside the country, Japan, Greece, that if I need something, I know who the, who the experts are and I go to them and bring them in. But I let my clients all know that they know Victoria has resources you know, that if you have any kind of problem and if she doesn't have a resource, she will dig like, you know, a dog finding a bone to find the best resource for you. So if you come across with that reputation of that, you are the, and I talk about this in the book. I, I don't know if you know a woman named Carolyn Seamus, but years ago, I, I talk about this in the book and I use this in the e challenge about like being your authentic self. And she had a decision to make. And she became very famous for her the decision that she made, not changing who she is. Yeah. They told her to change her nail color polish. They told her she couldn't drive an Excalibur. They told her that she had to like fit in with the boys and she had to make a decision. Either if I want to go with this firm or I'm going to go it out on my own. And she became hugely successful and a great inspiration to women in the Dallas market uh, by making a point that, no, I'm going to be who I am. I'm still going to be successful, but I'm going to be smart about it. So, uh, so I use her my business name. You'll know that I absolutely agree with, uh, with her way of being. You've got to be yourself. You have to. And we talk about that in the book. And, and what do you want to be known by? Or what do you want to be known for? I am known for, I do what I say I'm going to do. I'm going to find you the best resources. 
people don't even, a, a gentleman years ago said to me, I asked him why he did not, he asked me to find a product for him. He needed a $5 million policy to buy this new company. And I said, you know, he, I did it for him. I sat down, we did the deal. And I said, Mr. Carlton, can I just ask you why, with all the buddies that I know he knows, why didn't you go to Steve Owens? Why didn't you go to Stan Deirdre? Why? And he said, oh, Victoria, that was easy. He goes, with them, I'd always have to wonder. It's about the money. It's you know, about he's doing a favor for a buddy. He goes, with you, I've watched you work for years for people. And I knew that whatever you told me was the best deal for me to get the results I wanted. I didn't have to work. I didn't have to question it. You'd bring it to me. I'd sign it. We'd be done. It's about the time and the fact that I know you're going to do what you say you're going to do. So that was a huge compliment to me. And I'm so proud of myself for being, having the courage to ask him. You know? I, I think that's incredibly impressive on a number of counts. But I think, you know, just to go back for a moment before I follow up on that, you're being prepared and being open about if I don't have the, the relevant information or expertise, I will, I have someone who does have, or I will find it. Right. I think so many people think that, that if I ask for help, it's a sign of weakness. If and I don't know it all, people will think lesser of me. Right. And I'm Gina, sure. we all have to get over that. We, we all go through it. I mean, I was the same way. I felt like I had to have all the answers and it would embarrass you if you didn't. But if you come out with the confidence and the strength to know that and tell people, honestly, I don't have all the answers. However, I know I can solve your problems. I know I have the solutions, but it may be that we reach out to an expert in a certain area. And I, I guarantee you, I'm going to find you the best result possible, whether that's in San Francisco or LA or New York or Greece or wherever it happens to be, they know that I will do everything I can um, because that's the reputation that I have. So for me, leadership is all about integrity, compassion, and the courage to do what's right. And that's a perfect example of how your integrity and your courage have mm -hmm. actually worked hugely for you and for your clients. Yeah. And I think, Particularly when we, we, you know, we're surrounded by people who are fearful. I yeah. think bring that confidence that if you are authentic, if you are genuine, you know, it wouldn't work if you promised that and you didn't deliver. Right. But yeah. you deliver and that reputation has now become your watchword and something that works for you. Uh, and I think it's a really positive example for people. Well, thank you. But the other thing is you must, what I learned is I can over communicate you know, if you got to look at your client, whoever your client, your customer is through their lens, Absolutely. if you tell them you're going to do something, think about how many times maybe they've been disappointed. Yes. So you must communicate all the time by saying, I'll give you an example. Just recently, a client uh, had a big piece of property and a business to sell in Arizona. Now that's not what we do, right? No, but I told them, I sent them an email said, listen, would you like a reference? Because I'm researching some references from the best real estate brokers in your area. And I just told them that. And they sent me back to see me. I was like, well, yes, we would love a recommendation. And of course I got them three. Yes. Um, but it was a surprise to them because we're investment advisors. But because I'm an advisor, I've helped people sell their homes, couldn't sell a home. I'm like, yeah, you can. Can't find one they were happy with. Well, have you looked in this market? I, I found this house. I think it's perfect for y'all. I mean, I just would tell them and they're like, she does the most amazing things. And it's, you know, somebody's going to sell a business. I get a business broker for them. You know, just, just being the resource for people. And I call it being the go-to girl. And that's what Carolyn Seamus did. She was the go-to girl for the Highland Park area, the Turtle Creek area in Dallas. And she made it known. I'm your go-to girl. Nobody's going to know more about this area yes. and what's for sale and what, than me. And she made it known, but it's, it's communication and it's the proper communication. I do this whole uh, chapter in the book, which was extremely painful, but it's words matter. And I talk about the words and phrasing and emails and any kind of communication. People don't want to read a novel, Gina. If I want to read a novel, I'll go get Lee Childs and go to the beach. Yeah. and get one of his books. <laughs> I do not. John Sanford, I don't want to read a novel. 
People are busy. They want to know the bullet points and that you are communicating that this is what we're doing. This is where we are in the process. Uh, it, it's really critical. And we don't see that because I get these emails. Yes. So I know when people are soliciting me and I'm like, really? I just, they're, they're deleted. So yes. don't be the one that gets deleted. You want, when people see your name, they want to be excited. Oh, Victoria sent me something really important. You yes. want people to be excited that you have, you're not asking them to do any work. You are providing information that's valuable and beneficial to you. And you're going to do it in a very succinct bullet point, three or four bullet points. Have a great day. If you have any questions, call me. You know, something. Look forward to seeing you in our next meeting. But you don't write a novel. No. It's my belief that every word that we speak, the way in which we speak it, when and how, leaves a living legacy. It has a power to either um, do something positive or something negative. Mm -hmm. And I think if people recognize the value of, you know, each word is a precious commodity, use it wisely then I think that things would be very different. And there's a lot of white noise out there, isn't there? There's a lot of noise. As a matter of fact, we, we give our clients, <laughs> when we take on a new client, I have, we give them a little gift basket. I give them a book of mine um, if they don't have it already, if they haven't read it. And then I give them a sleeping mask with our, our logo on it. And then I give them earplugs for that reason. I said, there's so much noise out there. And that you have to limit yourself and be very careful about what you put in your head and what's going on out there in the world Absolutely. because there's so much negativity and there's so much. I also talk about you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So be careful about your friends and you can still be a friend. And I talk about being a distant friend. You can have that friend, but it's not someone then that you're going to call. And if you have a, you know, important decision and they're, you know, negative man over here, you're not going to go, you know, to them to seek advice. You're going to go to somebody that's positive. That's why I end my radio show. And I have for over 23 years, I end every single radio show with my, I have simple diva -isms. This one is don't take advice from broke people physically, financially, or spiritually. It's very sound advice. The best and advice I can give anyone. No matter when this has gone on, I don't care what the environment is. I don't care what's going on. It's the same advice. My best advice, don't take advice from broke people. If they're physically broke, they're financially broke, or they're spiritually broke. Yeah. If I need some spiritual help, I don't need to go to somebody that's, you know, depressed. Yes. World's falling, the ceiling's falling in. It's exactly. interesting, isn't it? Because although we come through a different gate, that what you know, I talk about in my work is so similar. We have very different backgrounds, but in terms of the how you people become the best version of themselves, and that's what we're talking about, we're using very much the same principles. And yeah. it really resonates uh, with me in terms of what you're offering people. Because so many people walk around and they're, they're unconscious, aren't they? They're, yeah. they're habitually thinking and behaving. There's no actual conscious thought about what they're doing. And as a result, I talk about thought every single day. And yeah. in the, the first two weeks of our challenge, honestly, Gina, the first two weeks are about, and they don't realize it is, but it's about your mindset and being accountable and what you're thinking about every day. And I teach people about mantras. And the, the thoughts that you have to have. And thoughts are different than goals, but they're kind of the same. Because, because a goal is a goal out there, yes. But what are your thoughts to get you there? And I use an example of a, a one I have right now. And that is I want, there's a, a particular group that I want to speak at, this organization. Well, with COVID and all, we've gone Zoom with yeah. everything. Yeah. But in 2021, so my mantra is, is that this person that's the decision maker there's only three things you do. And I think about what it is that I want. I expect it to happen, believe and expect it's going to happen. And I say the words that I want the person to say. And that is, we need her. Mm -hmm. That's all I keep saying. And I've done this since about the first of July or so. Mm -hmm. and this very last weekend, the person uh, that I was having a conference with 
said, Victoria, I just told my team two weeks ago how much we need her. We need her. And I was like, okay. I mean, I have many, many stories, but it's, it's the same thing. And it's like when he said that, it's like because I believe it's, I put it out in the universe constantly and I believe and expect it to happen, it does. And he said, you know, can't you just wait until we're on stage in front of 5,000 people and we can share this story? And I said, I can't wait because I'm going to tell them when someone makes a mistake, someone as big as you are that makes a mistake and owns up to it, makes the phone call and says, look, we really messed up here and I want to give you my apology and, and this shouldn't have happened. And you really woke our eyes up and, and you know, he just goes on and on. And I said, and I'll be able to say that is that, you know, you're the kind of man with integrity that you don't just, you know, sweep it under the rug. You stand up to it. You make the call personally, not delegate it, but say, you know, we made a mistake here and we apologize. This is not who we are. And I want to make it right. You know, I'm smiling to myself, not only because I absolutely 100% believe in what you're talking about, but for me that I use the language of taking radical responsibility for your thoughts, for your words, your actions, your emotions. And when you do that, you're not blaming other people. You're not looking to somebody else to make you happy or to do it. So again, different language, but exactly the same principles. And they work. And they, they work. work so well so thank you very much i it's uh, it's a joy to hear uh, someone as, as erudite and as well versed as you coming from the same place i'd like to to ask you about ask like a lady mean it like a man <laughs> a really interesting uh, phrase so come on tell us where did that originate and, and in what way do you use it well, it, it came about when I was writing the book and it, it and then I'm working on the e-challenge from the book, um, the, the sales training manual for the women, how to outsell the boys in 30 days. Well, you know, it's, it's, it goes back to what you said, being your authentic self. You can ask like a lady. First of all, there's also studies that show women don't ask. They yeah. just, and, and I do this whole chapter on why we don't ask. It's not our fault. Our no, mother's told us. Haven't we? Yep. We've been told, you know, you, you don't go buy yourself a piece of jewelry. That's supposed to be given to you as a gift from a man. Yeah. You don't, you know, you don't ask for anything. Ladies don't ask. You wait for things to be given to you. So I go through this whole chapter so women can relate and they go, that's me. She gets it. I do get it. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot more to overcome because we have to get over that not asking. If you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. People, politicians, want you to ask for their vote. People want you to ask for their business. Say, it would be an honor to do business with you. It would be an honor. I would be delighted. And this is how we do this. This is the implementation. This, these are the steps that we're going to take. You ask for the business, but you mean it like a man because a man doesn't have people. No problem. And you know why men don't have a problem, Gina? We women condition them. Absolutely, to expect. We condition them to ask us, and we reject them, and they're rejected so many times, they don't hear no. That's why you hear men don't hear no. Because they're like, well, she said no, but I'm going to ask again. She'll say yes. Yes, eventually. <laughs> You know, if I, if I get the right hot button, if I do the right things, men will ask and ask and ask. And when someone says no, they'll ignore it and keep moving on until they get a yes. Whereas women, it's like, oh, my gosh, now it's, it's personal. You know, we've taken it personally. And you have to get your mindset right that it's not personal. Yes. It is business. However, your job, because you are passionate about your product or your service, your responsibility is to give so much value to articulate properly. That means I do a whole chapter on being prepared. You yep. don't go in there and wing it. You yep. must be prepared. It, it, I don't do anything where I'm not prepared. And you must have rules. Like when I'm asked to do an interview like this, I say, first of all, am I going to make a new friend? Yes, we make new friends with Gina. Michelle loves you. I love you. So we make a new friend and we have to learn something. 
I learned a lot about doing a little research on what you do. And, and, and we are so in the line, like you say, a little differently. We may, the verbiage may be different, but it's the same mindset. Principles underpinning it are the same, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And the third thing, I have to have fun. So my people know there's got to be a purpose, another for all of that. I've got to make a new friend or friends when I guest speak in these huge groups. 450 women are like, oh, I made so many new friends today. But I want to learn something from, you know, the audience. I want to learn, I want to learn something because time is valuable. We cannot get it back. When I choose to spend time with you today, this is time I'll never get back. Absolutely. I can get back. In our company, our philosophy is we do not waste time, we do not waste money, and we do not waste opportunity. There's only one of those that I can never get back, and that is time. That is why it's the first thing. So when you're, where you spend your time is critically important. So these women that take this e-challenge, I have so much respect for because they're investing in themselves to yeah. learn about how they can be improved and become better at, at what their passion is. It's fabulous. Thank you so much. We're running out of time. And I know that you have a, a very special offer for our listeners. So uh, could you share that with us? Yes, I would love anyone that really cares about, you know, becoming improving themselves. And it's about your mindset, about the way you feel about money, uh, about being the best service and product specialist in your industry for you, those that want to dominate their industry you know, become the top salesperson, become a lead, have a sales, you know, a success story named after you when you pass on, you want a legacy, then I really encourage you to go to financialdiva.com and click on enroll in our class. And I would love to have you join us because I've got nothing but overwhelming response to Victoria holds nothing back. I mean, the comments I read, I'm just like, because I, I, you know you want to give so much, Gina. You just like on your radio show, you want to give your audience so much value, and I just overdo the value so that these comments have been really so meaningful to me. And we just launched the beta um, three weeks ago, and now we're launching it public. So this is a perfect time. Um, people that want to try. it's ridiculously priced can you imagine what what i get paid an hour in my company and this is 99 dollars. it is just a no-brainer it's ridiculously affordable but it's because i want everybody to have it it sounds fabulous and i hope you'll take notice of that sadly that's the end of our time but thank you so much it's been an absolute joy to meet you and to make a friend um, all of the details where to, um, to, to reach you and uh, for the, the group will be on the show notes. But just lastly, if people wanted to contact you very quickly, where would they find you? Well, again, they can go to financialdiva.com and click because there's a contact information or they can simply call my office at 405-348-0909. That's 405-348-0909. Or you can always email me at victoria at chapelwood.com. That's two P's, one L. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed. Now, don't go away. There'll be a very short break and we'll come back after the break for genuine chat with Rachel. But in the meantime, Victoria, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. So Any much have you. Thank you. Anytime, Gina. I'm there for you. Thank you. If you're a businesswoman who is overwhelmed or suffering from imposter syndrome, who is tired of having one disastrous relationship after another, or who finds it hard just to say no, well, it's time to take care of you. You get the best out of life by contacting Gina Gardner, relationship coach and best-selling author and motivational speaker. Just visit genuinely-u.com or you can email Gina directly at gina at genuinely-u.com. Take action now. Start to thrive rather than simply survive.
Imagine being a highly successful, enlightened leader who is in complete alignment with your best self, who makes a positive difference on a daily basis. Let me introduce Gina Gardner, an expert in developing transformational leadership with over 30 years of experience. Gina has developed a unique and unrivaled approach to help you step into your genuine power to become an enlightened leader. And when you do, amazing things happen. Go to enlightenedleadership.co or email Gina at gina at genuinely-u.com. Hello and welcome back. As you know, the second part of the show is a genuine chat with myself and my good friend Rachel Davidson. Rachel Davidson is an international best-selling author and has a trilogy of books called Beyond the Veil. Absolutely fabulous books. I really do recommend them to you. Um, today's theme is all about collaboration. What do we mean by collaboration and what are the things that make collaborations work or fail? For me, collaboration is when people get together with a common goal and work together to achieving that goal. And I think there are a number of principles that need to be in place to make it work. But before we do, what's your view? What do you what's your definition of collaboration? Hmm. Um, collaboration is just another way of describing our innate human needs. The um, reason we are separated and put into individual bodies is to teach us that actually we are still connected and that we still need to work with one another. So um, there's not a human on the planet that can cope with being on their own, I mean, you know, wholly. Um, every single one of us needs somebody else. Many others, in some cases, um, other individuals can just have a single soul person. Um, but nevertheless, we although we can collaborate with ourselves and with our higher selves, and that's, you know, good in the abstract and so on and so forth. And, and actually, when I say abstract, I mean the non-material world, because collaborating with your higher self is definitely not just a concept. It's a definite thing. But we also need to be able to collaborate in the material world here and now with what our five senses can, can, uh, can provide to us. So, Collaboration is just another word for connection, just another um, another word for um, the learning that we're supposed to do, which is to understand that that, that we are all of one. And, um, and that's why working with other people, that's why socialising is part of collaboration too, it is such a joyful thing. That's what that's why helping people in the world is uh, one of the best ways to make yourself feel better. Um, because it's an absolute innate need in our, our base human makeup. I, I absolutely agree with you. I was listening to something yesterday on, on the TV, which said that they felt that loneliness was actually more dangerous than smoking it because of our need to be connected. And I think many people see the word collaboration and they think of business. Yeah. Uh, and so many business collaborations go wrong um, because there have not been um, there's not been a common rule of engagement, and, but I think the principles actually work just as well when it's a, a, a an intimate partnership, a marriage or partnership, or with a friendship. Yeah. And so one of the things that strikes me is that um, I can't remember the name of the author, but he talked about you know the being a pirate. Um, pirates had a code. And if you belonged to that particular pirate band, you knew exactly what the code was. They had shared values. They might not have been the values that we want to um, to uh, push forward, but they had a shared value. And they knew exactly what the rules of engagement were, what was acceptable and what was not, what was negotiable and what was not. And it seems to me that that's so important in any relationship, but particularly um, in a business collaboration, that that is sorted out right from the outset. And so often it's not with disastrous results. 
Yeah, I mean, I think business collaborations often fail because the people that that um, that are putting them together forget that collaboration is not a separate thing outside of their own humanity. And so they, yeah. they don't bother to talk, they don't bother to explain, they assume. And, and you know, n- no sane human would, would really expect to be a successful part of society if they approach their general relationships like that. Um, so I do think that in business, a, a lot of people sort of, you know, put on a suit and, and turn up at work a little bit like a robot. You know, um, I know of one particular guy um, who works um, with my husband who clearly just can manage spreadsheets really well. And he finds joy in that. And he has that ma- that ma- mindset and, and skill set, um, which is great, you know. But he forgets that it's not the spreadsheets that do the work. It's not the spreadsheets that do the progression. It's not the spreadsheets that will, you know, lean in and, and go the extra mile. So in forgetting the human aspect of it, he, he d- dismisses most of what collaboration is. And working together, uh, you know, boss, subordinate, whatever, whatever relationship it is, it's built of the, that two-way street. And as much as we would like people to be simple and, you know, a, a formula in a cell, not a literal cell, although some jobs are like that. Um, <laughs> or feel like that, don't they? Yeah. And uh, you, know, you, ha- you have to accept that, that they're not. And that as, ho- as difficult as it is, life is a two-way street. I think that's very true. And I think people forget that communication is as much, if not more, about listening mm. as it is to talking and that they you know, for me I've worked with many businesses where there have been collaborations going on that are failing and they fail because people don't communicate and they they make huge assumptions mm-hmm. about what the other person is thinking they make up these stories which are actually all an illusion mm-hmm. instead of actually finding out mm-hmm. and so bother to actually say what is it you think you're getting out of this? What is it you want to get out of this? And because they they would rather them just be nice, simple little formulas in cells to, to fit in with what they want to them to get out of it. <laughs> Absolutely. And then because they've not had those initial conversations, I mean, we've spoken before on previous shows about, you know, the language, um, you know, the language of you and the language of me and the language of us aren't necessarily the same. And it's creating that language of us where people have a shared understanding of how those words are being used. And you're an incredible wordsmith. But each of us has an interpretation of every word, which may or may not be the same. And so having those conversations where you really iron out, you know, what is it that's important within this collaboration? What are the things that trigger me to and really irritate me? So a simple example would be if somebody uh, found that other people not valuing their time and being late was um, a real trigger for them. If they're not clear about that and the other person thinks, oh, it's all right, they won't mind, there is already going to be a tension. And that's just a very small thing. Uh, but you know equality of um, contribution when the contributions may come from a very different field and in a different way is another big um, bone of contention in many uh, partnerships and collaborations that aren't going well and it could all be although you sort of say oh that's a very small thing I think that's the point I think that if you watch children when they're first learning to collaborate as they as they move out of that sort of you know true babydom where they only have um, a concept of themselves and then they start to realize that they are separate and that there are other individuals and that in order yeah. to in order to to achieve what they desire which is that sense of happiness and peace and joy they they need to interact with these others over here and then and you can see how the the subtlety of learning to play well and the negotiation that goes on in in creatures that haven't yet got full fully developed language so words are great but words are not all by all means no i agree thing um it, it is actually in these tiny little moments i was reading about um, an example of a marriage where uh one a very successful lady um about to start her own uh, company 
was talking to her psychologist and um, initially it was about her confidence around starting a new business but it very quickly became clear that actually what she really needed to talk about was the state of her marriage and and what was going on was symbolized by the fact that she wasn't present in the house at all she wasn't um, allowed to take pictures of the wall the furniture the decisions were being made by her husband and she didn't feel comfortable you know literally didn't feel comfortable yeah. sitting on the seats he picked and all this and at no point in quite a long period of time actually this story goes that um she she never raised it with, with her husband even though there was a, a great level of sort of you know resentment symbolism and all that and um and sort of when asked why not she said well it's just it's just a small thing but of course it's not a small thing is it because these things are packets of information that are being delivered to us as meaning and understanding and if you don't query the small stuff you very quickly get to a big thing that's actually just a wall made up of lots of little bricks and to unpick the big thing is now becomes too impossible whereas if you had just unpacked that little brick and said I don't feel good this doesn't feel good being on the end of this who knows? Maybe the wall would never have been built. Maybe there would have been no collaboration. But, you know, as we would have moved on to other things, wouldn't we? There's a huge amount in there. And I think, you know, very often these small things are the tip of the iceberg. They represent something much bigger that is going on. And, you know, I've worked with people privately in, in terms of, their, you know, their personal lives and in business. And so often it is the inability for people to speak their truth in a way that is meaningful to them and can be understood by others, okay. which is at the very heart of the problem that, that goes on. Yeah. And because they don't say anything to start with, then it feels less and less possible to say anything. Mm. Because you use that example. I mean, it seems to me pretty monumental that in a marriage that some per one of the partners does not feel that they have any a sense of partnership in the decisions that are being made. Yeah. Um, but that's also true uh, in every walk of life. Oh. And we often use the sort of non-verbal clues that we're not happy, assuming that the other person's going to pick them up. Yeah. You know, so the huff and the puff and the walking out of the room and the, the banging <laughs> is about. Yeah. Um, and people get more and more disappointed that those those context clues are not not actually being spoken so, so they make the assumption that sorry say that again so the key to collaboration is is to speak is to recognize the two-way speak then listen it's, it's as simple as that isn't it when well, if you break it down that that's the heart of a good collaboration is is a good level uh, a balanced level of people speaking and people listening and I would say I absolutely agree, but the speaking bit has got to be speaking your truth. Yes. Because so many people fail to do that because, and as you say, what's the point? Mm. And yet it's so common that mm. they don't say their truth because they don't know how to say it in a way that's not going to feel like an incendiary bomb being dropped into the relationship or they're frightened to upset other people. Mm. Now, make no mistake, I'm not talking about deliberately going to upset people, quite the opposite. Yeah. There are always ways that you can say those things. And it's about taking ownership for your own emotional well-being, I think, and saying to the other person, you know, when you do that, um, it has an impact on how I'm feeling. And at that behaviour, rather than the person, that behaviour um, is, is not acceptable to me. Yeah. Um, Going back to the small children, it, as you say, it's absolutely fascinating to watch how they operate. Oh. And, you know, by the time children two, three or four, you can see there is a huge separation between those children who've mastered the art of collaboration oh. and listening and sharing and all of those things and compromise. Oh. And so long as it doesn't compromise your values, but, you know, give and take rather than compromise, perhaps. Oh. And those children who have as yet to understand that what they do has an impact on others. Oh. I see that reflected in adults who are decades older. Mm -hmm. uh, and while some have learned along the way, some people are still in that, in that sense of being that I am the centre of the universe and actually nothing else is of any account. Mm. 
And they're the most difficult people to collaborate with because while, however much you're speaking, they're not listening. Mm. Yeah, and, and even if the conversation you're trying to have with them is, please, will you speak to me? Please, will you explain? Um, if, if they're not able, if they, if they interpret that as an act of war against them, you know, these, these people are immovable unless unless a they accept that they ha- they they are part of the problem and, and b they, they are coached with great skill to to learn what yes. they you know from a from a an evolutionary biology point of view they should have learned way back when and, it would have been much easier yeah <laughs> and they can choose to learn now there you can always choose to learn yeah so in the last few minutes that we've got, I think one of the things I'd like to, 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 to do is to set out, if you want a great collaboration, whether or not this is in your personal life or your, your uh, professional life, the first thing is to understand yourself. You know, what is negotiable for you and what isn't? You know, what's the bottom line? What are the things that you know that if these things happen, it's a deal breaker? And be absolutely upfront and honest about that, because, you know, if you're talking about personal life, I've worked with couples, for example, where they've never talked about whether they want children. And then one partner's desperate for children and the other partner doesn't want them. That very likely would have been a deal breaker before the relationship went too far. I'm not talking about the first date, of course, but ultimately (laughs) before before you you connect in a, a a permanent way or seemingly permanent way makes sense to have those conversations in the same way that if you're in business you know what are the deal breakers for you Mm. if integrity is important to you and your uh, your roadmap your blueprint for integrity means that there are certain things which are absolutely sacrosanct it makes sense to be clear with that with the people you're collaborating with, because if they behave in a way that doesn't feel in, as it has integrity to you, that's going to be incredibly difficult. And it's so much easier to sort that out before you start than mm. it is to try and mend it if yeah. it's not working. And the other thing I would say is that if you have, uh, if you are in a collaboration and it's making you feel really unhappy, my challenge to you is what you're doing about it. Are you just putting up with it? Mm. Because ultimately that has a, such a negative impact on you. It, it, it's destructive because then you're not being true to who you are. So you need to talk about it with the other person in a non-confrontational way, neutral voice, be clear about what you want to say and take responsibility for you. Don't make it the other person's responsibility to make you happy or Mm. feel successful. That's down to you. Mm. But be clear about what's what is negotiable and not. And if there is no way forward, then it's time to end the collaboration and to do that in a way that that sits right with you because what so often happens is you know they talk about the straw that breaks the camel's back it's not the the conglomeration of small things it's the one last thing that you can't cope with that very often um ends up in a in a row and people separating on bad terms and so if you're able to speak your truth in a constructive way ideally beforehand but certainly early on and ongoing ultimately a collaboration has to work for everyone and if it's not working then maybe it's time to think about how you end that and how you can end that well Um, and in doing that I've known with some partnerships that in the talking about ending it that reopens the negotiation and actually they've been able to create a new way forward However, if that's not going to happen, then it makes sense to bring that collaboration to an end in as peaceful and as constructive a way as possible. Um, and that way people get a chance to, um, to really make the most of it. 
if you'd like to know more, if you'd like some help, then please go to either genuinely-u.com or to ginagardnerassociates.co.uk. There's lots of resources there free and lots of programmes there that will help you. But as we draw this to a close, Rachel, can you just describe your, Beyond the Veils to people who um, don't know about your books and where they can get them? Uh, Beyond Veils is the trilogy name um, for three books. Um, it's a story of a family that starts off with uh, the eldest son at 17 years facing his own terminal illness um, and and how he um, begins begins slowly to accept his his destiny uh, through uh, spiritual journeys. Um, sort of some shamanic um, in that. And then there were, the other two books follow the other family members forward and, and we explore what, what their lives are constructed of and how they are manifesting as themselves in the present. And, um, and we explore whether uh, love is really enough um, to overcome deep wounding in the past. And we explore what love really looks like uh, you know, is it always soft and and pink and fluffy? No. <laughs> um, so yes, it's the, it's the story of a particular family as as they face all manner of challenges in life. I can thoroughly recommend them. I've read them all. In fact, I've read them all more than once, and I believe at least two of them are available available as audio books, aren't they? Yes, the first two are audio books. Yeah. Where can they get them? Amazon is the easiest place. Um, yeah. Uh, basically Amazon, whichever geography you're in, go to Amazon and, and search for Beyond Veils, Rachel Davidson, and you'll find them. Brilliant. And you'll find all my books on Amazon too. Go to Gina Gardner. There's a whole uh, plethora of books there to help you. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, go to genuinely-u.com or ginagardnerassociates.co.uk if you want some help. Thanks so much for joining us and look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye now. <laughs>